闇にうごめく一つの神オタクそれはやめる現代に誕生した暗黒の象徴である心ひそかに忍びより人の歓声をわしづかむそのさまでからは誰も逃げられないのだ働きこうや一人ひた走るものまだ見ぬ世界あるか希望を抱いて信じるものはただ光る This is Annie Gamer's podcast number 26, recorded on Saturday, February 15th, 2010, at Genericon 23. Hello, we are at Genericon 23. I'm your host, Evan Minto, also known as Vampfo. I'm the editor in chief and podcast host at AnnieGamers.com. And today, I am the PR coordinator for Genericon. I have a special guest with me. Say hello. Hello, everybody. This is Lawrence Eng. He is an otaku researcher. Let's just start off.、Uh, Lawrence, how about you tell everybody what you have done to get you here as a guest? Sure.、Uh... Well, I've been studying anime fandom for quite some time now. I have to say, it's not something that I do full time anymore,、uh, but it is something that I spent a good deal of my academic career、uh, studying. So, for people who、uh, don't know,、uh, I actually have a PhD.、Uh, some people say that I do otaku studies, and that, that's true. I, the topic of my work is, I, I call it otaku studies. But my actual degree is in science and technology studies, which is A program which I did here、uh, at RPI between 2001 and 2006.、Uh, to go a little bit back further,、uh, I, I never would have studied anime and manga fans or otaku culture in the US、uh, if not for the fact that I was an anime fan myself for a very long time.、Uh, I think now it's 2010, so I've pretty much been watching anime pretty seriously since 1980, so for about 30 years.、Um, I mean, not, not like a, a serious thing, but just as, as a fan, just to enjoy it, watching stuff on TV,、um, some really early shows like、uh, Space Battleship Yamato and、uh, Science Ninja Team Gachiman.、Uh, if, if you ask me what generation of fandom I come from,、uh, I just tell people, you know, I grew up watching Robotech, and people kind of immediately know、uh, what, what that means because <laughs>、uh, a lot of kids,、uh, you know, my age watch Robotech in, in the mid 80s. Um, but I didn't really get into fandom and actually become、uh, you know, a big participant in this whole scene until the mid 90s, which is when I started as an undergrad、uh, at Cornell.、Um, and then I joined my first anime club, and then you know, my whole world opened up, met all these people who were also interested in the same thing that I was. I mean, I knew a few people in high school who watched anime, but, but honestly, there wasn't really that much back you know, like in the early 90s, there wasn't really that much anime that you could watch、yeah. in the US in general anyway,、uh, barely any manga. To be bought and, bought and read.、Um, so, when I joined the College Anime Club, not only did I meet all these people all of a sudden who were who was into this stuff,、uh, I suddenly had just amazing access to all this anime、uh, from Japan that you couldn't get anywhere else except for college anime clubs、uh, at the time. And this was in, in the mid 90s.、Um, but, you know, I wasn't going to school to study anime. I mean, I was, it was a big part of my extracurricular. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I know.、Uh, that, that would come later. So, so、uh, <laughs> I was actually a biology student, and you know, I went through my undergrad and, and I have a master's degree. 
in biology, but at some point I realized, you know what, I'm actually interested in studying uh, science and technology in, in everyday life. And so that's why I joined the Science and Technology Studies program here, here at RPI. Uh, and at some point I realized that I could combine my interest in anime and manga, and especially fandom of anime and manga, with my interests in science and technology studies because I, I was looking at the stuff that anime fans were doing in the U.S. and I was like, you know, there's some pretty amazing things going on here mm -hmm. uh, with the way that the fans are, are using and appropriating uh, technology, the way that they're approaching media, um, their role as consumers, but also their role as creators. Uh, and so I decided and I was able to convince my advisors that I would do my PhD program studying, studying fandom. So. Uh, I did that, and I finally finished my project in 2006, uh, and I just go to cons and talk about my research. I try to publish online about the stuff that I do, uh, all, all while you know, juggling my day job, of course, which is totally different. <laughs> so actually, uh, about that, is your, kind of a weird question, but did, was it more like you, you wanted to study science, technology, and society, and and then you tied the anime in, or was it that you wanted to study anime and figured out a way to, to do that? Um, well, it wasn't, I, I would say that it was probably, I mean, the bigger question was how do we, as, as people in, in the society that we live in, how do we engage the stuff around us, and in particular, this, like, incredible media landscape that, that surrounds us, uh, this, this, all this brand new internet and, you know, information technology that, that we're exposed to. Right, especially when you started studying it a little bit earlier, right? Yeah, so absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when I, when, I got into, when I started college in 94, I mean, the, the web was like a brand new thing. Right. You know? So, like, what's, what's this going on? What's this doing to us? Um, and I was interested in questions like that, and I noticed that anime fans, like, I mean, if you want to talk about, like, people putting information on the web and, and forming communities with each other online and, and just doing these amazing collaborative things, anime fans were, have always been at the forefront of yeah. that kind of stuff. I don't remember who the author is, but there's the guy who says that otaku are database animals. You'll yes, know yes, that that's uh, Hiroki Azuma. Yeah. And he, and he wrote that, and he's in Japan, uh, and he noticed right. similar things going on in Japan that, that we notice here, here in the U.S. Um, so, so in a sense, like, I'm not only interested in anime and manga fans. I'm interested right. in, like, this type of extreme or, uh, you know, hardcore fandom in general. Uh, anime and manga is a particular interest to me because one, personally, yeah, I'm a fan, an anime fan. <laughs> uh, and I think there's also something really interesting about the fact that we as American fans are consuming something that's not intended for us, that's actually mm. a Japanese product made for Japanese people, um, and, and we're consuming it in ways that uh, those creators didn't, didn't expect. And that, that type of phenomenon, just in general, is something that I'm very interested in. Um, so what specifically made you choose RPI to study this? Uh, honestly, uh, science and technology studies is not a super popular field that lo like a lot of people have heard about. Mm -hmm. um, it is a social science. Um, so, so basically, when I was researching department, uh, you know, schools that actually had strong departments in this field, RPI is, has actually one of the oldest and one of the strongest departments of, of STS in, in the U.S. So, I applied, and I actually did my undergrad at Cornell. So, you know, I'm used to being out here in, in New York. Being in the cold. In the cold, yeah. <laughs> I live in San Diego now, so... Uh, <laughs> big change. It's a, it is a big change. Uh, so, could you describe a little bit of the, the methodology of your research and what you found from it? Sure. Uh, you know, so, when I was a fan, I was just kind of, you know, neck deep into fandom, just doing anime club stuff and doing conventions and going to, going to conventions and, you know, doing writing online and interacting with people online and... Uh, 
so, so I was very much part of fandom for, for a long period of time. And then when I went into grad school, I kind of stepped away a little bit from it. Uh, but then when I decided to start my research project, I was like, okay, things have changed a little bit. Let's go back in. Let's take a look, see what's the same, what's different. Let's try to examine these phenomenon. So I really approached it the way like an, an anthropologist would. Uh, I would go to anime clubs. I would talk to anime fans face-to-face. -face. I would do long interviews with them. I would find fans online. I would do online interviews uh, with, with people who I was not able to meet. You know, anime fans are all over the country and you know, all over the world. So uh, I was able to find people locally to me but, and, and travel some. But uh, it was definitely good to be able to talk to people on, on the Internet to get a good diversity of people uh, represented in my study. And actually, uh, if, if you, some people don't know this, but there are various companies that offer tours to go to Japan to kind of visit otaku and anime kind of hotspots. So <laughs> I decided that I would go on one of these tours as part of my research. Uh, well, one, because I hadn't been to Japan before. Uh, and so I went to, to see the, the anime-related sites and studios and things like that. For the uh, pursuit of science. Oh, yeah, for pursuit, of course. <laughs> uh, and to do shopping in Manzake <laughs> and Akihabara and all that stuff. Uh, but, but also to talk to the fans, you know, the, the, the otaku from various walks of life uh, from different parts of the country and try to figure out, you know, what makes them tick, uh, what, what are they interested in, and uh, what's, what's actually important about the fact that we're all fans of anime. Like, what is it that we're actually doing that, that is special. I mean, I know that we all do this for various reasons, and people say, oh, yeah, it's just fun, it's just entertainment, and, you know, we like coming to cons and dressing up, but from the outsider's point of view, it's, it's a little bit weird, it's a little bit different. You know, <laughs> most people don't, don't do this, um, and if you think about it a little bit deeper, yes, we're having fun, but I think there's actually some pretty important stuff and, and, interest, and interesting stuff going on, well, so, which I can talk about. Yeah, like, like, what did you find? That's what I'm really interested to know. Sure, I mean... So in cultural studies or science and technology studies, we, we look at various kinds of subcultures and, and countercultures. And my, my advisor, he, he had, was famous for doing some work uh, about how certain subcultures appropriate technology, uh, how, how some people at the kind of fringes of the peripheries of society, they, they take the stuff that comes from the center and they appropriate it and they do something new with it that hadn't thought of before. So, for example, like hardcore tech enthusiasts, kind of uh, tech enthusiasts. I mean, the one one good example that I think a lot of people will, will get is the way the hip hop community uh, found and reappropriated turntables oh. to 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 make them into musical instruments in a way that was never mm. thought of before. So, what I was thinking, well, that seems to be what otaku are doing in a way. They're appropriating this type of media uh, that is supposed to be just passive entertainment, and they're really digging deep into this in a way that seems obsessive or even crazy. Uh, they're taking the characters, they're, they're making their own comics out of it, uh, they're, they're dressing up as the characters, they're forming these huge conventions. Uh, but I would say that most anime fans are not really at the periphery of society. I mean, the way that I view anime fandom or otaku culture is it's very much a middle class yeah. <laughs> kind of subculture, right? Mm. Like, it costs money. It's, it's expensive. You have to have a certain amount of disposable income. If you're someone who is very poor, uh, you're just not going to be able to do it. I mean, you can't afford all the DVDs. And even if, if you can't afford an internet connection, you absolutely, can't get Absolutely, yeah, yeah, you can't even... I mean, people say, oh, internet's free, just get yeah. on the internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, a lot of people can't afford <laughs> broadband internet. And that's yeah. a lot of something that some of us take for granted. Um, but on the other hand, if you're incredibly rich, if you're wealthy, I feel like you're not really... That, that kind of precludes you from being otaku as well because you have so much income, you can just buy whatever you want. And the example that I give is that if you were Bill Gates and you bought like every single anime DVD and manga and toy <laughs> out there, 
Does that make him an otaku? And I would say not, probably not. Right. Not really. I mean, to be an otaku, I feel like you have some money, some income, but you have to try to figure out what it is that you want, what it is that appeals to you, what is actually something that you want to make part of your own identity, right? It's not just buying a DVD just to watch it. You want to buy a DVD to get into it, to feel for the characters and the story and the style. Um, I mean, that's this is why people cosplay, right? Mm. They, they actually make the stuff they're consuming part of the identity that they can actually create, create something around. Um, so actually about that is a little bit a little bit off uh, on the side, sure. but uh, what do you think about the idea of like people do, getting uh, getting fan subs online versus people buying it? Because of the way you said, you know, you have to choose what you buy, but if everything's free, how does that dynamic change? Well, that that changes the dynamic a lot, actually. I mean, my baseline about what how I define what otaku is and what it means is back from uh, when I was starting off as a fan in the mid '90s, and there there were no online fan subs. Yeah, it didn't, didn't exist. I mean, even when that started to happen in like the early or very late 90s, early 2000s, uh, it was still very infrequent. The files were ridiculously huge. The codecs were poor. Qual you know, the quality was poor. Um, you know, when we're talking about fan subs in the 90s, we're talking about VHS tapes, right? Trading them through the mail, yeah. snail mail. Um, which, so in that sense, being otaku was, was difficult. And you had to make these kind of tough decisions about... Uh, even about fan subs or, or about the things that, that you want to buy. Now, for fans, sure, some fans still buy stuff, of course. A lot of fans buy right. stuff, manga and anime and merchandise, and they, they still have to make those decisions. That's why we still have dealer's rooms. Like right, right, right. But, uh, but there's just so much anime that's available out there for, for free, and you know, I'm not saying that people should do that. That's just, I mean, it's a very controversial yeah, yeah. topic. But, but I know that, of course, people do do that. Uh, and, and now the... The overriding concern is not, well, how should I spend my money? The overriding concern is how should I spend my time? time. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so what am I actually going to watch and how am I going to decide what to watch? And I feel like we're in a situation now more where people are actually trying to just watch as much as they can. You know, they're trying to yeah. keep up with, with what's coming out in the latest season. You know, and, and uh, I think that's changing a little bit what it means to be an otaku or hmm. in, in uh, 2010 as opposed to you know, 2000 or even, like, 1990. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I feel like people are watching stuff, but they don't necessarily have time to really delve deep into shows, try to learn about, you know, the character, all the different characters and all the different nuances of the show, its themes, uh, its styles, um, its influences, who all the creators are, yeah. uh, all the different works that, the you know, these various creators have worked on. Just did a panel on As that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's a great, great panel. You should, you should do Thank that you. again. Uh, you know, who, you know, try to try to draw connections between the anime. There's just no time, right? People are just like, okay, what do I watch right. next? What's the next hot thing? Uh, so I would say that is probably a challenge for, for people to be, at least what I would consider to be otaku in 2010. Uh, so back to what we were talking about before, what were some of the other findings? Uh, yeah, so... So one I already talked about, so I, I feel like otaku are very, um, they're consumers, but they're discriminating consumers. They're very interested in making sure that they, they, they make these decisions very carefully uh, about what they buy or what they watch, um, because it's not just how they're being entertained, it's actually part of how they define their own identity. Um, I think another interesting thing is, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, just that the way that we as otaku, we are consuming something that wasn't really meant for us. So anime, mm. the way I define it, is animation that's produced in Japan by Japanese creators 
for primarily Japanese audiences. So this stuff isn't really meant for us at all, or at least it hasn't been for for a long time. That's, that's changing a little bit now, um, but for the most part, this stuff hasn't been meant for us. And I, I think that's a really important thing to note because I feel like this is a way for us as a subculture to really take control, take to take ownership of our fandom. You know, we're into stuff because we want to be into it, not because somebody told us that we should be. Oh, right. Yeah, because it, it has always started as a fan-driven Right. I mean, all, all the stuff yeah. that was popular in the U.S., uh, especially initially, was stuff that, that the fans thought were important to actually bring over and fan sub, uh, and to actually kind of rebel against the companies that were only releasing... MD guys. Yeah, the stuff that was just, you know, hardcore violence and, and, and sex, which, <laughs> which has its place, but that was the only stuff that they were releasing yeah. at the time in, in the early days of the industry. So fans were like, you know, anime is more than this. We're, inter we're interested in all those different kinds of genres. Let's actually bring it to the U.S. and show people at college anime clubs. Let's actually start new companies. Yeah. Uh, and, and the companies that are actually bringing out diversity of anime, let's support them um, because this is what we're interested in. Uh, if we were just going to listen to what other people told us to be watching and, and reading, uh, we probably wouldn't be an, into anime manga at all. We would just be watching, you know, Hollywood movies and nothing against Hollywood movies and yeah. TV shows, but uh, I feel like anime fans and manga fans are really taking ownership of, of what they're into in a way that, that's really important in, in society. I mean, I think it's really good that people make these kinds of decisions for themselves. Yeah, actually, uh, I know Funimation and Bandai and them, like, they do tons of research on what anime fans are talking about and what they like mm -hmm. before they decide on what to license. I mean, Funimation even sent a survey out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and said, like, you know, which of these do you want us to license? <laughs> yeah, like... I mean, I mean, they realize that fans have, have a lot of power and, you know, they, they make sure they show up at the conventions and they get fan feedback and, uh, you know, and that's all been set up over time by, you know, the previous generations of fandom. Who haven't been, been doing this? Uh, so, so not, and not only are fans bringing in things from Japan uh, that were not really intended for Americans, they don't care about genre and like uh, you know things that were intended for girls. Right. There are plenty of things that were intended for thirteen-year-old girls that guys like me in their thirties <laughs> got. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally enjoy. Sabato uh, is intended for older men, but it gets uh, or older teenagers, I guess, and okay. it's like. Yeah, it's not for men. It's in a shonen magazine, actually. But uh, it, it ends up being marketed in America as like a, a child-friendly, family-friendly yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I mean, all kind of, I mean I've talked to like college-age guys who are saying, oh, yeah, I got into anime because I used to watch Sailor Moon on TV. Yeah. <laughs> right, or Park After Sakura or, or, right. or whatever. And uh, they, they're not ashamed of that, and they enjoy it. And so, I mean, from their point of view, hey, this stuff is from Japan anyway, so we're, we're not, it's not like we're... We really care right. about that. So why do we care about it's it's meant for girls? I mean, if it's a story that we like, we like it. So you see guys who are into shoujo stuff. You see girls who are into shonen stuff. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're just into whatever it is whatever it is that we happen to be into. And I think that's uh, an important part of what it means to be an otaku. Oh, another another important part about otaku culture is that we're not just consumers; that we actually create stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, you see a lot of people who are fans of stuff. People who say they're geeks of whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, I watch Lost on TV. I'm a Lost yeah. geek. You know, I, I like Buffy, Vampire Slayer, Star Trek, whatever. Um, but I feel like to be an otaku is like you have to take it to the next level, and oftentimes that means that you're actually creating stuff of your own, whether it's stories, fan fiction, fan art, uh, doujinshi, even like a blog. A bl uh, yeah, a blog, uh, websites, cosplay, of course, uh, hosting your own convention, starting your own anime club. I mean, just having that initiative 
and that passion to actually create something is, is an important part of otaku culture. And it also ties back into the whole taking ownership uh, of the way that you interact with the media that, that you're interested in. And, and finally, uh, I think the big part of being otaku is you're actually part of a larger community um, that you actually share and contribute to some, some of the stuff that you create, for example. So, I mean, the stereotype, the, the negative anti-otaku stereotype is the guy who's all alone in his basement with no friends, he's just watching anime <laughs> yeah, or playing video games, doesn't talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, if you go, if I, we just step outside of this room and go to wander around an aircon, you know, we see that's not the case, right? right. I had to close the door because of girls outside yelling. I mean, like that's not what, that does not fit the stereotype at all. Right. I mean, it's a it's a very it's a very social thing, and, and it's something that may be a little bit easier for otaku in America to do than otaku in in Japan. I mean, in Japan, there's a little bit more social stigma yeah. around this type of thing. Uh, there's maybe a stronger pressure towards conformity, especially when you're older and out of school. Um, but here in the U.S., I mean. In America itself is based on the idea of rebellion and independence. Yeah. So the idea of, of everyone having their own thing that they're into, their own subculture, it's a little bit more accepted. I mean, still, I mean, sure, anime fans, there's still some stigma among some people who, who look down on what we do. Uh, but for the most part, it's, it's not that hard to be part of the subculture uh, in the U.S. in terms, in terms of acceptance. So it's, it's easier to be part of this uh, bigger community um, both at a convention setting or a club setting, and, and certainly online. I mean, even though we, we come to go to anime clubs or we come to conventions like this, I would say that anime fans probably interact most with other fans online on, on, a, mm. daily, on a daily basis. Yeah, especially nowadays when the internet is just so ubiquitous. Right. Um, so actually related to some of the stuff you were talking about there, what would you say are the big differences between Japanese and American fans as you found? I'm, I'm not an expert on Japanese otaku. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I made it a point that since I wasn't, you know, going to Japan, and I'm not Japanese and, right. and whatnot, and uh, that I, I wouldn't study Japanese otaku per se. I mean, of course, I was very interested in what, how Japanese otaku have been perceived and written about in Japan uh, and also in, in English. Um, and, and every time I talk to a Japanese guest anime, which I always, I always ask them that question. I say, well, so what's the difference between yeah. fans in America and fans in Japan, and, and what do you think? Uh, which, which I'll get to in a second, but yeah, but but yeah. So I, I mostly focused on American American fans for, for my own research. Uh, but when I did ask the various guests, you know, what, what the difference is, and the, the reactions I got were always really really funny. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember uh, Akitaro Daichi, who's an anime director. He did things like um, uh, Kodomo no Mocha, Cow's Toys, probably one of his most famous things. So he hasn't done any anime very recently, but he does comedy anime. Yeah. And, I, and I was asking him, so, so how are Japanese otaku different from American otaku? And he, he put his hands on his face and he was like, oh my gosh, Japanese otaku, they're so dark and, <laughs> and unhappy and gloomy and serious, but American otaku, they're so happy and free and social. And, uh, you know, I think he was very impressed by the kind of con, the party atmosphere mm. at the con. I mean, like yeah. even something as simple as, uh, you know, male and female fans interacting with each other. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there are a lot of female otaku in Japan, but from what I understand, and, and someone's going to correct me if I'm wrong, uh, there's not as quite as much mingling between the male and female fans as you would find here in the States. It's like Macross. It's like they've been split off <laughs> yeah, into yeah, two yeah, separate yeah, races yeah. at the war with the each other. And the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like a comic head in Japan, for example. I mean, you have the different days with the different kinds of manga, and... And some days, like it's almost like all men buying the, yeah. the dojinshi, and then the other day it would be all women buying their, the dojinshi that they're they're interested in. 
Uh, but here in the American conventions, uh, it's like a probably around a 50-50 split of males and females at conventions, and everyone's just kind of inter interacting with each other. Um, it, it just seems to be a very different vibe to be an otaku in the U.S. versus mm -hmm. an otaku in, in Japan. Uh, so sort of similar to, to that question, uh, that what would you say has changed? Because you said you've been around an anime fandom for a while. So from when you started till now, what, what has been the big well, changes? Well, de well, definitely what we just talked about, just in terms of the demographic. I mean, mm. uh, I mean, I've been misquoted about this before, I because I, because I don't want because I don't want to overgeneralize what fandom was like, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying I'm a super old school fan because I mean mid '90s and people have been doing this since the '70s. But at least when I was a fan in, in the '90s, I would go to a convention like say Anime Expo '96 or Otakon in '97, uh, and, and there was diversity, but there were also a lot of people who looked like me, you know, college aged guys, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of them Asian. Uh, like I said, there was some diversity, but it wasn't like what what you see today, where where you know, there's people of you know various ethnicities and uh, males and females and and whatnot. So so that has certainly changed. The audience has definitely gotten younger. Uh, I, I don't see how it, it works, but I feel like the audience gets younger and younger every year, even though people are aging. <laughs> yes. So, or or maybe it's just because I'm getting older right. and older, so <laughs> so I feel like I'm getting old and everyone feels that's good for the fandom though, because if if they're all getting older and yeah. there's no new fans coming in, yeah. that is bad. Um, another big change, of course, is just the general availability of stuff. Uh, you know the, you know before being an otaku meant how do we how do we manage scarcity? I mean, there's not a lot of stuff out there, so how do we make the most of what we actually do have access to? So maybe we didn't have as many shows to watch, but for the shows that we did watch, we made these amazingly uh, elaborate uh, and detailed websites looking at every single detail of the show, <laughs> right? Now if I want to look at a show that just came out maybe a year ago, and I do a, a Google search for that show, uh, I would say that for most shows, you're not going to find a single fan-made website for that show. Well, or maybe you will, but at least on the first page of Google, good, yeah. good, good luck. Right. Uh, for the most part, people are, uh, we'll see, like, Anime News Network, Encyclopedia, um, some day various anime database sites, uh, but number one is Wikipedia. Yeah, right? there's less, like, singular obsession over it. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to see Wikipedia, so people are now relying on Wikipedia for information about the anime. And Wikipedia is okay, you get a lot of details on there, but, but I feel like Wikipedia is also really dry, you know? It doesn't have the so-called... Uh, or they, they kind of discourage what's called original research yeah. on Wikipedia, right? But original research is like some of the most fun parts about <laughs> being an anime fan and, and actually yeah. taking an anime and delving deep into it and seeing what you think it means and uh, comparing it with what other fans think, think it means. Uh, and, 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 you know, this type of deep critical analysis of anime, uh, I feel like, like Wikipedia can't really capture that. So... And that goes back to, you know, there's just so much stuff that people don't have time. They, don't have, they neither have the time to actually delve deep into anime, uh, and they don't have the desire because no one's going to read it anyway. Everyone's just going to read Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> or, or even worse, and this has happened, I mean, I've seen this happen, and I, and, and I don't want to be sour grapes about it. I feel like it's happened to me where, uh, I, like, some of the stuff I worked on, you know, it just ends up on Wikipedia, and I don't even get a link back. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, people who are listening... Uh, you, if, if you ever watched the anime serial experiments lane, I, I make a website for. I've had a website for lane for over ten years now, called Thought Experiments Lane. And you are wearing a lane shirt. And I'm wearing right a lane now. shirt, yeah. <laughs> so it's my favorite anime TV series. Um, 
And you know, I spent a lot of time on that. And you know, the Wikipedia article online is actually pretty good. But there's a lot of stuff that you know I researched first that I don't even get a, a, a link back. <laughs> Are they like clearly crediting you without a link? Um, well, every once in a while there'll be a link, but it's kind of it doesn't have like my name on it or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Um, and and for a long time, my my fan site was actually one of the main links at, hmm. at the bottom of the page, but. Wikipedia is really people. Wikipedia editors are really stingy about linking to, about linking to fan sites, yeah. which is ridiculous because we're, a lot of this information about anime came from the fans doing this research in the first place. You might, so so what's wrong with linking to a fan site? They would rather link to uh, a published journal or uh, an established anime review site. Uh, right. But what about what about the fan sites? So yeah. I don't know. That's just one of my personal gripes that uh, I've written about elsewhere. <laughs> if you're if you're interested, but. Uh, but that's just part of the changing face of of anime fandom and how anime fans get information um, and how they disseminate information amongst themselves. So, uh, is there is there a single moment in your research that really stood out, like an interview you did with somebody or, or anything that really stuck with you? I wouldn't call it a single moment, but I, I would say that one of the biggest insights I had was that there aren't any really. I mean, there are some like really hardcore otaku and some like kind of casual fans. But as I was kind of going into the research, I was kind of expecting to meet people who were just like kind of like this prototypical kind of hardcore otaku who lived uh, everything around anime and manga. Expecting it to be kind of like otaku no video. Uh, somewhat, <laughs> somewhat. Um, but I was really struck by the, the diversity of people. Who were actually interested in anime and manga, and I mean, people who were really into it, but they were still diverse and they still had uh, other lives other than their their otaku obsessions. So instead of just like finding a handful of people who were just like these really crazy anime freaks, uh, I didn't find those people so much so much at all. Mm -hmm. um, I just found normal people who who were really into what they were into. They were really dedicated. And they were very smart and knowledgeable. Um, they contributed and they were part of the community. Uh, but but they were normal people and they came from all walks of life, um, and everyone kind of uh, used otaku different various otaku kind of strategies or, or philosophy in their life in in various ways. So, I mean, I know that news media always likes to point out uh, examples of these crazy otaku who who uh, have been warped by the the manga that they read or the, or the anime that they watch and then they go off on. A murderous killing sprees, or or they seclude themselves from society. Yeah, especially uh, that, happens in Japan, right? Yeah, because some of that stuff. Some of, has that, some, some of that stuff yeah, happens. Connections, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I think the media likes to point to these really extreme examples about what otaku culture is. Um, and even though otaku culture is a little bit more extreme than normal people in terms of the way that we get into things, uh, people just most most people just aren't like that. I mean, I just talk. To, I mean, I just go around Genericon. Yeah, sure, we're not exactly like just a, everybody off the street. But we're not that different either, I would say. So actually, while you, just to, to take a bit of a turn from talking about your research, uh, when you were at RPI, did you participate in any, any activities going on, like the Rensselaer Sci-Fi Association or anything? Uh, just, you know, just a little bit, to be honest. Uh, I, I did, went to a small thing called Animarathon, which is uh, a small anime showing that was here on campus run by a friend of mine. Hmm. Um, I, I didn't do so much RSFA stuff. Uh, I did go to Genericon nice. uh, several times, of course. <laughs> um, but, you know, and part of the reason why I didn't do more RSFA-related things 
is because when, when you're in a, a graduate department, they ask you to do research, kind of like an anthropological mode. Uh, they really want you to kind of go out and do the mm -hmm. research. So like, it's not uncommon for people to go to other countries yeah. to do the research, or at least other states. Uh, they don't really want you to stick around yeah. <laughs> uh, to, do the, to do the research, because it's, like, it's kind of perceived as being a little bit too easy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so uh, even though I interview people at various anime clubs, I, I try to avoid doing an RPI just, just to kind of please, uh, you know, the, the requirements of, of my field. Um, but that said, I did interview uh, several people from the RPI anime club as part of my research. Um, and some, some local people and, uh, uh, for example, the, right now there's the local club called the, the Upstate New York Cosplay. Yeah, UNY. Yeah, UNY right. Cosplay. Um, I interviewed some people who are, who are now associated with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, def I was definitely always interested in, in what the fans were doing locally. And, and actually, being in Troy is, is really nice because Troy is nice and centrally located. So I'd be able to go to New York City and, and check out what's going on there a lot. You can uh, go up to Boston too, right? Boston. Uh, I mean, I actually drove down to Otakon from here once. Wow. Uh, so I, I've done Otakon several, several times. It's a long drive. Yeah, yeah, we left at three in the morning to get there, around nine or ten. <laughs> yeah, with a with a baby, I think. That's insane. I can't, I can't remember if he was born. But I think I think we did. <laughs> Do that. That is dedication to your fandom. Yeah, uh, and and the research. <laughs> oh, it's for the research. Or well, at the time, I think you, uh, I was. I guess yeah, you were still yeah. doing research. Well, it's kind of it's kind of intertwined. I mean, right. Uh, when you're studying this stuff. You don't. You want to be have certain amount of detachment, so that you have this outsider perspective, yeah. so that you make sure that you're objective. objective. But at the same time, you do kind of have to go in there and, and live the life, like the people are actually living. Mm. Otherwise, you don't really get it. So it's it's striking a very fine balance uh, for for anyone who's interested in studying fandom. Uh, you have to kind of find the right balance for yourself. Um, and personally, I always get a little bit annoyed when I read people writing about anime and manga and fans who. Not, you can tell when they're not into it, you know? You can tell when they're not a fan. They don't really know. They're just kind of calling up a few fans and just kind of get, getting a few quotes here and there to write an article that you yeah, can all, yeah. it's always a little bit off. Uh, yeah. And then on the other side, other, other side, then you have just the just pure fans just writing, writing stuff without as much attachment. But I, I still would rather read that because I feel like it, it contains like the passion hmm. you know, yeah. of the fans. Uh, it, it feels more honest to me. When, when a fan kind of tries to study what, what fandom is all about. Because it, you know, it pertains to them. Uh, they have that emotional connection to it. Uh, so this is a kind of, this question has been going around a lot, and it's, I, I think it's probably, you know, people have been asking this question for a while, but what do you define as otaku? Such a <laughs> nebulous word. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I think, I think the findings that we, we discussed before, like, uh, the fact that we we are a consumer, we're, you know, we don't hate pop culture. We we actually love pop culture. Right? We're we're a consumer culture, but we're not just indiscriminate shoppers. We're we're very careful about how we consume and relate to the media that we consume. Um, we 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 do things in unexpected ways with with this media uh, that the creators of this media would would not expect us to do. Uh, we form communities and, and we create. So all these things together are kind of the, I would say, the, the touchstones of what makes what an otaku is. Now, this is completely my definition in terms right. of what I think is actually important about what otaku do. Uh, 
people have been debating and discussing what otaku means for decades now. Yeah. I mean, since the word has, was, has been used since the late 70s and the early 80s, uh, all the way till now, uh, people have been discussing what, what does otaku mean to them. And it's not, and the key to remember that is it's not who you should listen to to get the right definition of otaku. What it really is is who you want to listen to. Uh, to to choose a definition of otaku for you, because there there is I mean language is is not something that's that's fixed. Language is something that people can't decide what a word means. Uh, so if you want to decide that otaku means uh, uh, a person who's antisocial and is totally lonely in their basement and they never bathe, uh, and, and maybe they're they're likely to kidnap kidnap kids and kill them, uh, yeah okay for sure. If you really <laughs> want to define otaku that way, you can. But I'm not going to agree with you. For me. I think otaku culture is a lot more interesting than that. I think uh, there's a lot cooler stuff. Uh, I don't think otaku are inherently dangerous, so I'm going to promote what I think is important about about otaku culture. So, have you heard of something called the Otaku Elimination Game? Something you know, that started I, online. I, uh, that's a blog, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have I have heard of that. I've seen I have seen that. What What do you think of that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't really have that strong opinion about it. Actually, I mean. From an anthropological standpoint, I guess, I, I do think it's kind of interesting. Mm. Uh, I mean, otaku is one of those words that just fraught with crazy identity politics. Yeah. Uh, it's not just fans kind of deciding to call themselves otaku and, and do all this stuff, and the outsiders looking in at the fans and judging them and saying, oh my gosh, what are these people doing? Uh, yeah, sure, that's, that's one thing that you get. But... You, you never see people argue more about otaku than the fans themselves, yeah. amongst themselves. And the reason why you see that is because uh, some fans take the word otaku very seriously for themselves about what they think it means, and other fans use it differently. And uh, if there's one thing that fans are really good at doing is judging each other. Yeah, judging other fans. That, yeah. For people who don't know, that's what all that blog is about. It is like, this is the definition of otaku, and if you call yourself that and you do not fit our definition, we're going to make fun of you relentlessly. Yeah, I mean, people, people making fun of people online, yeah. there's, nothing, there's <laughs> nothing new about that. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's kind of amusing, of course, people's feelings get hurt and whatnot. Um, I try not to take it too seriously or, or too personally. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's something that you see. Uh, people are very serious about their labels, and... The labels that they use to define themselves. Uh, they're serious about the labels they use to say bad things about other people. Um, and so, so they want to, so some people use the word, I mean, some people use the word otaku uh, to, to say, yeah, we're normal fans. We're, we're good fans. But those people there, those weirdos, they're otaku. Right, there's always somebody else who's yeah. worse than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, so so if, you're, if you want to worry about those crazy fans who, who are doing bad things? That's not us. Those are the otaku. So, so that's something that I've seen a lot. So mm. I guess the otaku elimination game is kind of it's like that, but it's the opposite. So here you have people yeah. who say we're otaku, uh, we're the cool guys, <laughs> and those guys over there who are kind of lame, um, they shouldn't even call themselves otaku. So it's yeah. kind of the same dynamic, just where the word ha is uh, in a different position <laughs> in in the argument. But you know, honestly, it's just it's just a word. That's what I said. Right. When I commented on their blog. <laughs> but it's it, it's just a word. Um, and at this point in the game, I've been I've been arguing about otaku related stuff since you know the nineties, <laughs> uh, online arguments and stuff with with people. Um, at, at this point, I sometimes I think to myself, maybe maybe I should just not use the word otaku anymore. Who cares? I mean, 
I'm interested in the stuff that I'm interested in and the way that, that fans are doing stuff. Maybe I can just come up with a new word. I mean, there's, there's always that. You can always give up and say, yeah. just leave the word to whoever wants to use it in their own whatever way they want to use it. I'm not going to use the word otaku anymore. But on the other hand, I'm a little bit reluctant to, to do that because there are a lot of people out there who use the word otaku in a positive way um, to mean something very specific. Yeah, in some and, ways it's become a badge of honor here in America. Yeah. So there are some people who use the word otaku in a very positive way still. Um, I mean, some people use the word otaku very casually, extremely casually, just to mean anime and manga fan. And, and I, don't, I don't mind. If someone wants to use it that way, that, that, that's fine. I mean, personally, I, otaku means a lot more to me than just anime and manga fan. And you can even use the word otaku for just about anything that you're interested in, right? You can be yeah, car Japan, otaku or sports right. otaku. Uh, I mean, I saw an article recently, in, in, I think it was in a Japanese newspaper uh, uh, in English, where someone called the, the CEO of Toyota a uh, car otaku, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so you can use the word otaku the, the way you want. Um, and some people actually use it in a, in a very positive way. So I feel, I feel a little bit reluctant to just completely stop using the word otaku, especially when it's so important to so many people. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't want it only to be used as a word that, uh, as a pejorative. Right. Right. I don't want only to be used as a pejorative, but at the same time, I don't want it only to be used as uh, as, this, this, as, yeah. a, as just a general term. But at the same time, now I don't want it to be used as as this kind of uber elite term yeah. either. Right. That that's totally exclu exclusive. Exclusive. Um, you, you know. I mean, I use the word otaku as as a word to to, to say you know, you know you're wow you're, you're really otaku about this or really otaku about that. Uh, I, I guess I have certain standards about what an otaku is, but I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, you're not even close to being an otaku. You know, don't, <laughs> don't don't talk to me. I mean, I don't talk to people like that in general. Yeah. So why would I use the word uh, like that? Like that, it just doesn't just doesn't seem seem polite to me. But <laughs> yeah, have you actually been reading the Otaku Diaries, the Reverse Thieves they're doing? It's a blog. I have. <laughs> yeah. I have, and you know, I don't. Very I, I don't. Stuff. I don't. I don't always <laughs> comment on all this stuff, but. Uh, the the otaku researcher in me, even though I'm done with my long done yeah. with my degree, I, I cannot help but to read anything that mentions otaku and yeah, it's just pretty fascinating. Uh, yeah, I know they've been doing surveys with uh, about otaku culture and and I have been reading those. It is it is interesting stuff, um, and uh, I, I like it. I like it. I, I definitely I think I did leave a comment encouraging them that they should do do more of that stuff. I hope more people do uh, do these kinds of studies. I mean, uh, it's it's great that we're fans like this, of, of anime, manga, or whatever it is that we're into, uh, but I think it's even better. It's t just totally awesome that we understand why we're fans, what it means to us, and how it affects our lives in general. Um, just just as a general principle of life, we're f if we're going to do something, we might as well understand what we're doing. All right, so to wrap this all up, what do you think of Genericons this year? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't been back uh, to RPI in quite, in quite a while, so this is my first uh, Genericon uh, in, in years. Um, but uh, I'm impressed. I mean, there's a ton of people here, and there's a lot of enthusiastic people. Uh, people are having fun, but it seems like uh, people are, for the most part, being respectful and being being safe. Uh, quite a few cool panels being lined up, and uh, some good guests. Uh, of course, I'm very honored to be invited back <laughs> uh, to be able to give give my panels. Uh, it's nice to be back back in Troy for sure. Yeah. So I uh, hope this is the twenty twenty third. This is the twenty third, not all consecutive. Not we consecutive. missed like two years somewhere. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to be here for the twenty third, and I hope this uh, event continues. I mean, call. I mean, 
college college anime clubs for me they hold a very special place in my heart just because that's kind of where kind of cut my teeth as an, as an anime fan and so it's why I studied otaku is why I'm here today and why uh, you know kind of make my living more or less uh, it's very related to the otaku research stuff that I, that I did so to see an, a, a college uh, run convention is, is just very cool especially with with you know it seems like college clubs are dying off a little bit or at least, or if not dying off, they're at least struggling to try to, to find a role for them for themselves. Yeah, with the internet. Yeah, with the internet and just the easy availability of, of anime, uh, it, it's it's not enough just to show anime once a week to, to people because people have anime to watch. Um, they can watch it by themselves. Or they can watch it with a small group of friends. Uh, so a, a college anime group like the RSFA, who is able to actually sustain interest and, and put on this huge event like Genericon. Uh, in this day and age, I think that's awesome. All right, great. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for listening all the way to the end of this episode of the Annie Gamers Podcast. If you like the show and want to hear more, please visit our site at podcast.anniegamers.com where you can find blog posts, show notes, download links, and listener comments for each show. To ask us a question or let us know what you think of this show or any other, please send us an email at podcast at anniegamers.com. You can also follow the site on Twitter at twitter.com slash anniegamers, that's one word, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash v-a-m-p-t-v-o, one word, vampo. Finally, uh, check out our main site, www.anniegamers.com, for news, reviews, and more about anime, manga, and video games. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on the Annie Gamers Podcast.